Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host and political trainee, Kobe Omanaka, and I'm joined as always by political masterminds, Diane and Tatton. Guys, how are you doing? I'm just wondering how a mastermind works with trainee. I mean, that's uh, that's a bit of a clash. Is it? Well, I mean, I if I was as a trainee, I'm looking to you guys to to mastermind my my um my, my knowledge. I don't know that that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Yeah, it's tenuous, but we'll take it. Yeah, I'm just giving you praise, guys. So, you know, every week and just acknowledging the fact you know more than myself and most people who read the Instagram uh, account. So kudos to you. Well, I mean, you're, you're very kind. I think we know more about very specific things, like yeah. really very specific things. Our um, our field of knowledge outside that is uh, lacking. I think. Well, this isn't this isn't the simple marketing podcast or the simple oil and gas podcast. Otherwise, it'd be flipped. It'd be flipped reversed. You know, I'd be the mastermind. You'd be, you guys would be the trainees or the fledglings. You know, that the kind fledglings. Of yes. Yes. <laughs> um, how are you doing this week in general? Yeah, not too bad. It's been a very different, quite a varied week, really. And Tatton has also posted out hundreds of books to people. 2,000 books. 2,000 books. So I haven't watched the news at all. So if I sound a little bit um, <laughs> like I don't know, more like I don't know I'm talking about the normal, it's because I've just been posting and packaging. It's like I've actually had to work for a living this week, um, which, which I found quite unsettling. Well, congratulations. This is, this is the two years indoors book, which sold out in its first run. Uh, 2,000 books. Congratulations. Uh, that's generally astonishing. I mean, you're very kind. We sold that. We sold two thousand books in eight days mm. uh, for the first run, and we're currently, as we record, in day seven, and we've sold two thousand two hundred and fifty books Whoa. at this at this point in the last seven days. So people people love it, and we unpackaged it. Diane and I and Charlotte were this time last week were here in Whitstable signing books, and uh, I unpacked it. They arrived Friday morning, and I unpacked them, and I was just immediate. I'm really proud of this book. I'm proud of the work that we did over COVID. And I'm proud that this book is a really great history document. It's a lovely mm. little book. Yeah, it's really, really great. And we're going to talk about competition to win some at some point, aren't we, Kobe? We are indeed. We are indeed. That'll be coming soon, guys. But in before that, go to spstuff.co.uk if you want to pre-order for the next batch. If you were unlucky or too slow to get the first batch, um, so head there. There's also some other good stuff you can you can buy at the same time uh, from that page, and we will begin away special limited editions, numbered versions of the first run. So if you did miss out with the first one, you'll be able to get the super duper special ones. But yeah, guys, it's it's amazing to see what you've done, and you have held a lot of people's hands over the past couple of years. Um, so it's it's a pleasure. You can see that's just testament to the fact that people are buying the books in droves. It's a shame in some way you're not in the charts. You can't be charted because uh, I'm sure it'd be up there uh, in the Guardian or something like that. For mm. Well, best we've book. sold yeah. more units than you need to sell to get the Sunday Times bestseller list. Mm. But because it's all just done through SP stuff, it doesn't count. You need to be selling concrete actual books in actual shops. So it doesn't count. But I, I like to I like to think that we could be Sunday Times bestseller. Well, that's, that's great. But let's at this point, let's head to the meat and the bones of this podcast episode. First off, it's the popularity contest. This is a segment where we look at last week's most popular posts in reverse order. What has been happening this week? Well, we've been doing a lot of posts on Ukraine because that is still a mess. That's still going on. It's still horrid. But I think maybe the awfulness of it has meant that we're um, 
we're not getting as much interest in Ukraine posts. People are losing or aren't, aren't engaging as much with them. So none of our top three this week are the Ukraine. Mm. In at three is cyber flashing, which is when you send unsolicited pictures of rude bits of, to go via mobile. So Bumble, the dating app Bumble was quite one of the people behind uh, the campaign to get the government to ban cyber flashing in England and Wales. It's already a crime in Scotland because obviously a lot of dating apps don't, you're not allowed to send pictures, but then people exchange WhatsApp numbers or whatever. And suddenly yeah. people find that um, they're being inundated with genitalia and that's not nice and it's not okay. So big campaign, stop that. And the government have put it in the online harms bill and the online harms bill is coming. Um, it's been announced and released this week, but it's okay. coming in the new parliamentary session. So it won't, it won't actually be in the Commons until June. Yeah, we talked about this in a few episodes, the online harms bill, and it's good to see other other kind of tranches of it being, ex, being exposed here. Um, is exposed the word you want to use? No, it's not. Do you want to? At all. <laughs> <laughs> There's a better word, but I can't, yeah. I can't reach for it right now. Yeah. Um, Yes, I, I like I like the progress of it. It's, it's good when people are working together to reduce, you know, remove a lot of these things which are sim- plain simple. Like, yeah, it shouldn't happen. I'm going up as I'm going up the tube at the moment on the poster on the sides on the elevators. One of the posters alongside you know, tickets for Hamilton and the Lion King. There's one poster saying, "Don't upskirt people." Mm-hmm. And upskirting is taking pictures. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's a shame that that has to be like written down on the poster. Yeah. But these are crimes. People, people say to me when I'm talking, often when I'm in schools, why do we need new laws? Like, if everything's mostly okay, why are we making new laws as we go on? And cyber flashing wasn't a crime that could have happened, <laughs> like, until relatively recently. Yeah. And upskirting, I, I mean, I suppose you could have put an old-fashioned massive camera on a stick, but, it, like, mobiles make it much, much easier. Mm. So these are horrible things, and they're new offences, relatively yeah. new offences. So that's one reason why we need new laws. Absolutely. Uh, what do we have at number two, Diane? Okay. In at number two, it was all about travel. Um, so all UK travel restrictions have been lifted. Woo-hoo-hoo. So we are recording on Friday and actually it was 4am this morning. So if you if you stayed up to watch that come in, 4am this morning, all UK mm. travel restrictions went. And that's stuff like um, unvaccinated people having to test on arrival. That's the passenger locator form, um, which was nobody's favourite mm. thing to do. And lots of travel industry types are calling this a game changer. Like literally the, the words they're using just to get rid of those like final hurdles um, before the Easter break so that people can jet away and 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 know what they're what they're doing when they come back but i guess it comes with the big caveat that depending on where you're traveling to you might still have some stuff mm-hmm. to to do and some 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 tests and things to do for your location where you're going but definitely very good news for a lot of people is there a is there a list of travel easy countries to go to where you don't have to do that stuff. I'm sure that I'm sure they compiled somewhere there's a list of the easiest yeah. countries to visit at the moment. Well maybe even not um, easiest, but definitely on the gov.uk site there's um what all the stipulations are by country. So it is quite easy to access and see nowadays. Fine. Mm. Um this comes at a time yesterday as we record this, the travel industry's taken a bit of a hit with the PO ferries guys being losing all their jobs, eight hundred people being made redundant in one fell swoop. I hope that these sanctions being lifted eases that kind of 
the, the trouble that we've seen in the tourism and travel industry. Hope, hopefully we don't see more of these mass sackings. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one group of people won't be celebrating. And, you know, like, it's, 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 I suppose not the end of the world, but I went on holiday last summer to Europe and there mm. were loads and loads and loads of shops that had set up to do the tests. You had to get them done professionally, right? You had to get them yep. done, like, and the whole industry has sprung up. I mean, I must, they must have known it's a time-limited industry anyway. But it's uh, it's interesting how all that infrastructure can be put in place, and now it's kind of going to be taken Absolutely, down. Absolutely, yeah. I I luckily didn't have to go through that because I didn't travel. Um, yeah, see. But I know people <laughs> did, and no one no one had any good anecdotes about having to deal with these guys. So I'm not too sorry. Hopefully, those guys find new jobs. Yeah. Uh, what's number one, Tatton, this week in the popularity contest? I was feeling a little bit low this morning, and mm. then I remembered this post and it made me all happy again. Nazanin Zahari Ratcliffe and Anusha Zuri are currently here in the UK with their families where they belong. And it's just rather wonderful. People know Nazanin's name a lot better mm. than Anusha because um, Nazanin's husband has been tirelessly campaigning. He went on hunger strike outside the Iranian embassy. Like, like, so he's really put her name out there. But both of them have been detained for years and years and years by the Iranians who accuse them of um, spying and accuse them of teaching other people to spy. And mm. it's all nonsense. It's all lies. It's happened after... We have paid a debt from the 70s. Yeah. And it's, you know, like it, it, it feels a bit grabby because it feels like paying a ransom. Mm. And that we, like, a lot of people suggest that we shouldn't be paying ransoms. But also, we've got them home and they're with their family. And that's wonderful. And there's, there's also people who are saying we're, we're now suddenly snuggling up. A, we're snuggling up to everyone we can in the world that's not Russia to try and be, be friends. And also, everyone in the world that hasn't been very nice is now trying to say, we're really nice. We're really good people. And because there's conflict, because there's real life explosions and guns and things. And nobody wants to be part of that. Well, that's not true. We've been in Saudi Arabia recently. Saudi Arabia quite happy to be part of that in Yemen. But there's an element of everyone trying to get along a bit more than they used to. So we've paid that debt. They've uh, put these two on the plane. It's all a bit, I mean, cosier. This reminds me a lot of, I can't remember, I think, I think it was in the 80s, uh, early 90s, Terry Waits, like the free Terry yeah. Waits campaigns. So it's it's, yeah. it's kind of shocking. It still does happen. Mm. He was on the radio. Yeah, he? he's mm. been he's been in contact quite a lot with Nazanin, um, apparently by email for about a year, um, which is, okay. yeah, which is really interesting. And he's obviously been given a, a lot of advice because you can imagine the press pack surrounding probably her house, community, whatever at the minute, you know, they just want to know everything, yeah. you know, what's your first meal? What are you going to do next? What, you know, what does, you know, and, you know, his <laughs> advice was very much make an initial statement, then hunker down because this is, this is going to be, you know, a long-term thing of getting used to being back to normal. So yeah, it's re it's super interesting that those two have been in contact. Well, guys, let's head to the Thursday debate. Every week, you set the readers a debate topic, and this week it was, what, if anything, should we do to protect workers? Tatum, why are we talking about this? Yeah, well, I mean, we mentioned it earlier. P&O ferries, who were owned by some other massive multinational, fired 800 people mm. with no notice on Zoom. 
right, on mm-hmm. Zoom. And they had cheaper workforce, cheaper laborers on buses in the car park outside the boat. So when the workers came off the ship, and lots of people were like, well, we're not leaving. But mm-hmm. when they came off the ship, they saw the other workers due to come in. There was a guy on the radio this morning that got off the bus. He had been employed. He'd been like he'd been employed to come and come in and uh, mm-hmm. and work and, and be one of these undercut staff. And he was like, "This ain't right." Oh, and he got off the bus him. and walked away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, eight hundred people who did have jobs, they had good jobs, and jobs. You know, some of them been staff for a long time, just gone. I mean, P and O say, "Hang on, we were losing," or the parent company, we were we lost a hundred million pounds. We need to make changes here. Because um, no one can, well, I say no one, most, most companies cannot afford to lose 100 million pounds a year. 100 million pounds a year. But this, 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 the, the government and the opposition have all come together and said, this, is, this ain't right. This isn't the way to do no. it. No. So we wanted to know um, what should be done to protect workers. And I have to admit, this was not the most engaged with debate. People are outraged by the, by the thing. But don't really, maybe don't really have any ideas or don't really want... And I think workers' rights is an area that's massively important, but everyone kind of goes, oh, mm. oh it's a bit, you know, I think I think something that the Labour Party struggled with the last election, I and mean, Jeremy Corbyn was very pro-workers' rights. But, and it's a very, it is very important, but it's not something the public, and so the SP followers as well, massively engage with. I mean, I just feel... Gutted for people, gutted for those 800 people um, who suddenly lost their jobs at in probably the worst way. Like you, you, you dial in for a meeting, and two minutes later, you've you've lost your job. Um, I've had a similar instance where the reason I left the oil and gas industry was because one day the oil and gas price went down so low that the the project I was on became uneconomically viable, and we all got called into room. There's about 150 people there, nearly 200 people, and they just said, uh, "Well, this project's no longer." you guys have got like a week left. So we had a week to finish off, uh, dot, dot the I's and cross, cross the T's, but it's not, it's not, it's not nice to be you know, sacked in, in such And how did that go? I mean, did you all do the work for the last week? Did you work hard? I mean, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I was just like, I'll do the minimum I can to make sure I get the, the, the majority, all the payback, but it, it's it's tough. And, you know, mm. we, we struggled. We struggled mm. for, for a while. And that was the year we were due to get married and oh all these yeah. years of uncertainty suddenly happened. So I'm just concerned now that, you know, look at on the 1st of April, everyone's, everything's going to go up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Energy's going to go up. And that means that's going to have impacts on everything else because food doesn't get delivered for free on, on no fuel. So... I just hope the guys who are sacked, who have felt this, um, the heft of this sacking, will find something quick and that, that that pays the bills, really. I mean, I'll tell you what, I live near Dover mm. and I mean, that we talk about full employment, but it's not a rich area. Mm. It's not an area with loads of opportunities. It's an area where, with lots of empty shops, you know, on the high street and there's lots of, it's, 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 it's not, I think that people think of Dover maybe as the White Cliffs you know, this kind of grand place where you can get the ferry out to the world. Um, but it's, it's it's not, you mm. know, a lot of these port towns aren't. Yeah. What kind of comments we're getting from the SP readers? And they said it wasn't that heavy a debate, but let's see, let's, you know, pick a, a couple of choice ones. Yeah. So if, if I give you a couple of things, um, 
So someone whose tag is bit of rough said, um, we should make being a trade union member a protected characteristic like under human rights law. So basically the protection for being in a trade union to make sure it's absolutely there. Um, Brad and the Beard had an idea, which is around the discrepancy between earners in a company. So have a maximum gap between the highest and lowest earner, basically, I guess, so that more of the companies in the same boat not sure exactly mm. what the, that would do well the, the one like i have i had a really read a really interesting article about this and it was mm. saying the idea is really wonderful so that if you want to pay yourself more as the ceo no worries you pay yourself more as a ceo let's do that but you have to raise the raise the wage of everyone else but the reality is according to this article which obviously didn't agree with it so the reality low-paid jobs get outsourced yeah yeah so get rid of them off your book. So you only start with the middle managers, right? And then yep. the middle managers can get paid whatever. So so it doesn't necessarily protect the people on the least money. Well, a lot of other people said there's um, someone who I can't even imagine what their username is. It's completely without <laughs> vials. Um, <laughs> S-M-N-G-R-N-N-W-Y. Oh, that's my mates. There we, there we go. <laughs> Um, I reckon. I reckon that's Simon 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 Grunway. Oh, you'd be good at that bit on Only Connect. Anyway, uh, I digress. <laughs> he uh, says, or they say, uh, ban fire and rehire. It's about zero hours contracts, which I think most people agreed with across the board in comments mm. that got um, a lot of likes. Um, just because it's open to abuse, you know, it's open to real exploitation. That zero hours um, working. I think that's I think that's the hardest bit here to take, isn't it? That there are people on the bus there ready to take their jobs. Yeah. And they were given no notice. Yeah. Mm. But but the people at Run PO had enough notice to get people, people, people on the bus to come in and yeah. uh and do it. Yeah. And yeah. I suppose if you're if you're a customer facing industry, which ferries are, you need to if you did what 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 this what company did to Kobe and said you've got a week left. Imagine being on a ferry with a member of staff who's just been told they're fired mm. in like three days' time. They're not going to be full of the joys of spring. No. no. And and the other thing that the unions are raising a lot today and um, is around the seafaring experience of the current P&O staff. So you're talking about years and years and years of, of sea, uh, sea time, maritime experience versus people who have just been shipped in and don't know the don't know the boats, um, don't know the like the routes, you know, that that's all at play as well. And I know that everyone has spoken out against it and Grant Shapps did again today, but there's very little the government can do. Um, well, nothing really. It's, you know, apart from be incredibly outraged on behalf of the people that it's affected. I was, I was listening to someone this morning and they said the people have been bust in. They can't, these ferries won't go today or tomorrow or maybe yeah. next week because the, they need to be trained up these 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 people have been shipped in for once for better turn of phrase um need to be trained up to the standards because they are going to be operating on the open sea and they need to have the minimum train safety requirements one thing that's interesting about about the debate is as a Cotty Becks wrote that as a small business we're taking a big hit with the latest minimum wage rise 
if customers won't pay more for products, how can we mm. pay employees more for, 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 for wages? It's way too complex a topic to just say ramp up everything for the employee. And I think that's one issue with these kinds of protections. It's really hard to put in protections for workers in big companies that have the money to do all the different things and then small, small businesses kind yeah. of have to yeah, although if you're working for a small business you still deserve you still deserve to be looked after right mm. hello i'm kate lever host of who's a good dog the podcast for anyone who's ever loved a dog we're one of the other podcasts in the stripped media family each episode i ask a brilliant person to introduce me to their dog and tell me how having a dog has changed their life listen to who's a good dog wherever you get your podcasts Should we head to bills, bills, bills? Let's do it. In this section, we look at a bill that's going through Parliament next week. Tatton, what have we got on the docket? I'm going to ask Diane to talk more about this because Diane's a financial whiz. But we're going to talk about money. And I think that it's great that the section called bills, bills, bills. Because it's like money and it's very clever. And um, I've got no idea where to go with this joke at this point. Like I've pointed it out and I've now got... I've kind of led up a cul-de-sac. So I'm going to hand over to Diane and then pretend you didn't hear this bit. Okay. So what we're going to talk about is something called the spring statement, which sounds lovely. Um, you know, uh, think daffodils and all that. But it is Rishi Sunak. Um We haven't seen him in a while. I, f- I feel like I haven't seen him in a while. So he will get the hot seat next week to deliver this spring statement, probably just after PMQs. It's on Wednesday next week. And it's basically, a spring statement is usually just an update on the state of the economy, the health of the finances, how things are going. But the last time he stood up and delivered a budget, it was the 27th of October. So if you think back to what the world was like then and what the world was like now, my goodness, it's different. It's really, really different. And people are expecting him to make this more than an ordinary spring statement because he's got some big things to respond to that have been happening in the world. So let's have a look at some of the things. Obviously, cost of living. Cost of living is going to be the one that people are going to look for him to do something on. Um We know that the national insurance rise, that levy is due to come in on the 1st of April. And there's still a lot of lobbying and campaigning for him to um, pause that. Probably won't happen, but (laughs) yes, Tatum. I mean, we're late March. We're late March. Yeah. He can't, I mean, like if it was going to be paused, surely, Mm. I mean, the infrastructure is all there for it to come up. I would. I mean, I'd imagine. Yeah, you're the expert. It's unlikely, but there's still pressure. I think people still feel there've been so many government U-turns in recent years. They're not. They they're not without hope on that levy at the minute. But it'll be interesting. And if not that, what else can he do on cost of living? Um, you know, one of the biggest things people talk about is petrol prices and how it costs like almost a hundred quid to fill a car at the minute. It's like absolutely crazy ridiculous prices and almost every day I feel like we're hearing oh we've hit a record high oh we've hit a record high again um you know that makes it sound positive no (laughs) no 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 um but you know there are moves like could he do anything on fuel duty you know could he I don't know but it's a question 
You know, is there anything else he can do to to help people with the squeeze that people are undoubtedly feeling at the minute? I think I think it's really it's really interesting to talk about cutting fuel duty and not doing the the levy because because there's so much talk about spending elsewhere, isn't there? Mm, yeah, and you can't keep cutting tax at the same time as spending more, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I. That's why you're ways, the trainee, mate. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I feel. I feel. In some ways, sorry for Rishi. So, you know, he didn't sign up. He probably thought, "I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll just join the government, sign up for um, Chancellor, and I'm in for some easy rides." He wasn't expecting Brexit, <laughs> furloughs, and, and COVID, and and furlough, and all this nonsense. And I think, I think I wouldn't shed too many tears for uh, <laughs> for the man who's desperate to be Prime Minister, for the richest member of Parliament, yeah. for the man who's positioning himself wildly mm. to uh, to get the the top job. I think mm. he's, uh, I think mm. he's quite happy to be there. But he, I think he is going to have to definitely pull something quite special out of the hat next week. And you mm. know, we talked about that extra spend in Tatton, and you know, one of the places where we are spending at the moment, which wasn't anticipated, is on defence because of Ukraine. You know, so yeah, it's just like there's an ever-growing list of things that you know he needs to finance and tweak the accounts to manage but that's only it's not it's not elastic there's an elastic limit on all of this and he's got to find what that is and see if he can pull out a crowd pleaser next week i, lo- I love the little technical term just yeah. trying to sneak in the elastic limit just I know. there oh, that's 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 a bit science-y. it's british science week it was it was very sciencey <laughs> um i remember learning about the last limit in physics, 1996, GCSE <laughs> physics. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I think that's an apt point to head to, head to the random choice. We can go anywhere in this section. Diane, where do you want to go? Okay, well, I'll just headline because this is definitely more Tatton's thing than me, but we want to talk about COVID, really. Um, it mm. feels like things are lifting. We don't talk about COVID. <laughs> no, <Sorry>. no. <laughs> Um, it feels like things are lifting, but, you know, the COVID infection rates seem to be rising again. So, um, yeah. Are we back to square one or not quite? No, 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 no. No, I mean, you might be feeling like everyone you know has got COVID right now. I mean, Diane, your your husband got COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And my dad's got COVID. My, my therapist has COVID. How do they all find out that? Because these symptoms are, are very minor at the moment aren't they was it just they had to do a test to do a thing and found out or were they literally concerned i don't mm. think they're all they are always very very minor i think people like okay. i think the minorness of it suggests that a lot more people than are testing positive have it and that's Absolutely. how so many people are getting it because yep. you're out and about you feel oh, a bit of a sniffle or whatever it is a bit sore mm-hmm. your mu- sore muscles is something that a lot of people are reporting you feel a little bit like, ugh, like not, not, not ill. Go, go out because you know whatever. And then we're seeing the tip of the iceberg, which is the people who feel poorly enough to then take a test. And do you know what? It, like, we're not about square one because we've got so many things in our favour. Omicron is so much uh, milder. I mean, it can still cause long COVID. It still, people can still get very ill from it. But we've got huge amount of vaccine and immunity. Although I did, I did see somewhere. This term honeymoon period, because everyone's double jabbed, 
triple jabbed and immunity from jab three wanes. So we've got this mild form of the virus and high immunity, and that creates this honeymoon period. We're now coming out of the honeymoon period as it wanes, uh, as immunity wanes and no restrictions. So we're out and about and we're less immune than we were. So we've got cases soaring at 43.9% in the last seven days growth in cases. And like I say, those are the people who are poorly enough to test. And people say, oh, it's just more tests. And there are more tests going on, but only 10% more tests. So we've had 10% more tests and 44% more cases. So it's a, it's a huge it's a rise, yeah. And there's also a rise in people being admitted to hospital, which has happened quite quickly because normally it takes a while for people like five, five days. If, after you've put tested positive, it takes five days or so for you to get admitted to hospital if you're going to go that way. And this rise has happened quite quickly. And I think that's probably due to a lack of testing before. So people had it, they didn't realise, and then suddenly it all goes a bit pear-shaped. So we can expect that to go up even more. Sajid Javid said during the week that we see nothing to worry about, particularly we knew that when restrictions were lifted, this, there would be a bit of a, a rise. We've got all these drugs now, so it's not just the vaccines, it's the drugs that we can give you in hospital uh, to make, it, make you not so poorly. Things are going to be okay. And I think that the chances of England, I mean, Scotland have paused the li the lifting of restrictions mm -hmm. and Wales aren't lifting restrictions until the 28th. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we get to see Mark Drakeford giving another statement in English and Welsh seamlessly, he's amazing, pausing that unlifting. I think the dates would have to go really, really, really wrong for Boris Johnson to stand up and put restrictions in for England. I think mm -hmm. that he has spent his capital Mm. I think that, that, that if he says you can't do anything, there will be a lot of people in this country that go, so what? What, what <laughs> We can't do, so, right. So what are you going to do? We're going to hear all the parties' things. He's going to get fined in the next few weeks. I mean, it seems almost inevitable, given all the evidence. He's going to get a fine. And so that means, and because he doesn't like restrictions anyway, like the English government, the, the you know Boris Johnson, Sajid Javid have been ahead of the curve in getting rid of restrictions the whole time. So they're a yeah. government that doesn't want restrictions, and they're a government that will find putting restrictions in place very, very hard. So this data is going to have to get much, 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 much worse before we have to wear face coverings again, for example. So people who look at it and worry about that. I don't think so. I mean, we went ahead with lifting the travel stuff this yep. morning. Yeah, true. Right. Like, yep. restrictions are not coming in England for a bit. Yeah. The data is going to get worse for a bit. Yeah. With that, guys, let's head to the crystal ball. Okay, this is the crystal ball section. This is a look ahead of the week. What can you guys see on the horizon? Uh, so I've just got a big clear space on Wednesday where I'm going to be watching Richie Sunak. So that's me for the week. <laughs> and some other posts around that. Is that going to be is that going to be as part of the spring statement? You're just going to kind of follow him around. <laughs> yeah. Just keeping an eye on Mr. Sunak. We're going to get you we're going to see you like find under the online harms bill. <laughs> I expect then there'll be a few posts on on the 
SP feed related to this. Yeah, um, absolutely. Tatum, what have you got? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat. Go to two because the other thing that's happening on Wednesday is uh, calendar fans. It's two years since England went to lockdown. Since the whole country went to lockdown on its 23rd of March. And I think it'll just be a really interesting time to reflect. Obviously, we're going to be trying to sell our book about two years of lockdown, but it's an interesting time to look back and think about where we've come, who we are, what we've been through, what's positive that's changed. Also, remember all the people who have passed away. Mm. And I think it's going to be a day of mixed emotions. Yeah. So, the, and, and the spring statement that day, it's just a double treat. <laughs> And then, but the, the other thing, which is not about reflecting, which is about moving forward, is the Nationality and Borders Bill. Uh, we have found this week how brilliant the British people are when it comes to uh, refugees. When, like 150,000, I think, people have applied to house someone from Ukraine, Ukrainian refugee, in their home. And that's such an intense and such a personal thing and welcoming people. I think it's amazing. But refugees, say, from Afghanistan are still in hotels. Yeah. They haven't, they haven't been that settled anywhere. Um, and, I mean, the, what the government said, the big difference is, the government says the big difference is that they are staying. Whereas Ukrainian refugees are really likely to go back to Ukraine when they can. Partly because men between 18 and 60, haven't been allowed to leave Ukraine. So they had to stay and contribute. So there's a big chance that when this this we get over this, they'll go back and rebuild their families and rebuild their yeah. lives and literally rebuild their houses. That's so that so refugees are very much in our mind. And on Tuesday, the Nationality and Borders Bill, a clause was taken out by the House of Lords that said we would have centres to process asylum claims, but those centres could be literally thousands of miles away. And the idea from the government is that we will create this safe and secure space where you can, you'll receive shelter and food, and there might be education for the kids, and you'll process. And if you're successful, if you've got a genuine refugee asylum claim, we'll ship you to the UK. Right? Everybody wins. And if you don't have one, then, you know, you can get lost. Um, you shouldn't have been there anyway. But critics say it's horrific. So the Lords took it out and it's back in the Commons on Tuesday afternoon. And as we know, in the House of Commons, it doesn't matter what the Labour Party do particularly. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the Lib Dems do. It doesn't matter what the SNP do. Because if the, all the Conservatives vote with the government, then the government get, get it through. But Conservatives, there's a lot of Conservatives, including David Davis... Uh, who you might remember off of Brexit uh, and off of uh, trying to be Conservative leader. He got beaten to leader by um, David Cameron, where he ran the campaign and said, it's double D for me. Mm. And he had literally had supporters with a specific breast size in it's double D for me t-shirts, which is like, it wasn't that long ago. It's unbelievable. Anyway, he is very, 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 very anti this. And he's leading the campaign. There are a lot of conservatives. And there's two main reasons they get. They say it's terrible. One is the cost of it. It's been estimated that it'll cost up to £2 million a year per person 
per person, two million pounds. And they, they were saying, you know, it, it had cost 250,000 pounds a year to live at the Ritz. And we're paying two million pounds per per. I mean, it sounds like heck of a yeah. lot. I don't know how it gets that high, but that's the figure that's being quoted. But also, I mean, so, there's the, so there's the cost of it and just the civil liberties. I mean, you're forcing someone to go to Definitely. a country. This is, this is supposed to be the crystal ball. You're, 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 you're predicting the whole, the whole enchilada. Uh, in this at the moment, let's let's so we okay. see how it's. I'm going to say yeah. the Crystal Borders Nationality and Borders Bill and shut up. <laughs> I think that's an apt time to leave there. Um, shall we, guys, reconvene obviously in a week's time and we'll see whether the Nationality and Borders Bill has been passed at that point? Tatten, you can expound uh, more on this. And then, Diane, I look forward for you to breaking down the spring statement. Um, exciting times. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, look I forward might not to come it. on. I might not come on next week because you think I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. If you're lucky, I'll come back and talk some more about national borders. <laughs> we'll be lucky. We'll be lucky. It'll be good. Thanks very much, guys. All right. Thanks, Scooby. <laughs> Thank you very Bye. much. Cheers. See you later. Bye. Bye. heard a stripped media production. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revelhorwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.